Hello and welcome to episode number 20 of a Tisket Tasket podcast. I'm your host, Gina, and today we are here to talk about the nursery rhyme, Ding Dong Dell. Before we get started, I have just a few things to cover. First, I was told some of my audio in last week's episode, that would be episode number 19, Mary Had a Little Lamb, is a little bit wonky. So I'm going to go ahead and fix that and re-upload it at some point. I apologize if it interrupted your listening pleasure, but I will go ahead and change that soon. Second of all, you can find me on social media, TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, all of the places under my handle, a Tisket Tasket podcast. You can also find links in the description. You can visit my website and slash blog that has a bunch of great information on it, including visuals that I just can't show on a podcast. That includes some beautiful illustrations by artists that I don't really talk about. So please view that at atiskettasketpodcast.com. It's also important because it includes all of my references. I am still waiting to hear back from the American Folklore Society. Their annual conference is November 1st through the 4th in Portland, Oregon, and I'm hoping to speak at it. I found out that I will hear back about my presentation by the end of June. In the meantime, I'm trying to raise some money so I can get out there. It's a pricey trip, but I really want to widen my horizons, make connections, and learn more, really. And I don't know if I can go without financial assistance. So if you think you can help me out, please visit my blog or click on the link in the description. Any little bit would help, really. I really appreciate it. I've mentioned before I am disabled and am unable to work and this is really my passion and what gets me up. Like seriously what gets me out of bed is to record this podcast and really enjoy exploring the history and the folklore. So any help to make my dream come true to connect with other people I would really appreciate it. Again you can click on the link in the description. I think that's all I have to cover so let's go ahead and start talking about this week's nursery rhyme which is Ding Dong Dell. Ding Dong Dell, or Ding Dong Bell, has a Rald folk song index number of 12,853. The internet, and I use this as a vague term, has coined this the oldest nursery rhyme in the English language, which I find quite preposterous. If you've listened to my earlier podcast episodes, you know why. I've talked about things like Hickory Dickory Dock and Baba Black Sheep, which have reported beginnings way before the 16th century. As I've mentioned a number of times before, nursery rhymes were traditionally orally passed down. And so I think claiming that the 16th century nursery rhyme, which I admit is quite old, it's, it's really not the oldest nursery rhyme in the English language by far. However, it is known to be rather old, Ding Dong Dell or Ding Dong Bell, and it is dated back definitively to 1580, which it was written by a man named John Lant. John was an organist in Winchester Cathedral, and the original lyrics in 1580 were, Jack Boy, Ho Boy News, The Cat is in the Well, Let Us Ring Now for Her Nell, Ding Dong, Ding Dong Bell, which I find the lyrics odd, but I'll talk a little bit about that later. But to put time frame into perspective, so I said that John Lance's version was written in 1580. To put 
time and perspective, Shakespeare was 16 when Lant wrote this. And this does factor into kind of overall, and I'll talk a little bit about this later. But it was also later published in 1609 by Thomas Ravenscroft in Pamelia Music's Miscellanea. So originally written in 1580 and then again published in 1609. Now, I haven't talked about Thomas Ravenscroft before, and there are names that if you've listened to this podcast and it's preaching to the choir at this point that you'll hear very often. Like I mentioned, Opie and Opie, Halliwell, and others. And Ravenscroft is another one that whose name I see pop up quite a bit. So just to tell you a little bit to- about Thomas Ravenscroft, he is another notable figure in English folklore and nursery rhymes. Ravenscroft was born in 1588 and died in 1635 and primarily was known for his catches and rounds. So for me, when I think of round, I think of row, row, row your boat. That's like immediately comes to mind. So those types of musical numbers. He was also instrumental in the invention of street cries. And if you listen to two episodes ago when I talk about hot cross buns, that's an excellent example of a street cry. I don't know if Ravenscroft had anything to do with that. But his most notable work does appear in Pamela Music's Miscellanea, 1609. And it contains such classics as Three Blind Mice, which I haven't talked about yet on this podcast, but it's coming. And unfortunately, little is known about his actual life. There are records of him being a choir member and there are church records about what he did. But like scholars don't really know much about him. But I'd really like to talk more about him in another episode. And maybe I'll record an episode about his life that I can play on an off week or a week that I'm not feeling very well. But that is Thomas Ravenscroft. And if you kind of like a benchmark in your mind about how long ago these people lived, he lived alongside Shakespeare. So I just think it's really fascinating when you're trying to think about how old these nursery rhymes. It kind of helps put things in perspective. So now let's talk about origins and virgins through the years of Ding Dong Dell. While a lot of scholars, and I use quotation marks there, said that this is the oldest nursery rhyme, I'm going on a limb in saying that it's probably one of the oldest nursery rhymes that can be kind of definitively traced back on when it was written down. As I've mentioned, it was originally written by John Lant as something to sing. I find it very interesting that John Lant was an organist for a church, and so this was a round or a catch. And so now I'm really curious, and maybe someone can do this research, were other catches and rounds in churches like this dark? Was this like a common thing? There are a number of nursery rhymes about cats and like cats' jobs, but why is it morbid? Why is it talking about a cat's death? And so if someone out there is listening to this and knows like the history of church rounds or catches, like email me. I'm really, really curious to know. And you can find my email in the the description below. But obviously, the nursery rhyme morphed and changed over time from what Lant has written. Interestingly, this nursery rhyme appears in Shakespeare. It appears twice. It appears in The Tempest, which is uh, one of Shakespeare's later plays. It's actually argued to be the last play he wrote before he died. And it was written in 1610 or 1611-ish. Shakespeare died in 1616. And it appeared in The Merchant of Venice, which was written sometime between 1596 and 1598. 
Composer William Stoddard, who was living between 1585 and 1630, wrote a four-part round of the nursery rhyme, and the lyrics are as follows. Ding, 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 dong, bell. Ding, 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 dong, bell. O cruel death that stopped the breath of him I love so well. Attack, lack and well away, tis a heavy day that ever us befell. Then for his sake some order let us take that we may ring his knell. And knell is spelled K-N-E-L-L. The first modern canonical version appears in Mother Goose's Melody around 1765. And I've talked a lot about this book. And the version that appears in Mother Goose's Melody is as follows. Ding dong bell, pussy's in the well. Who put her in? Little Johnny Green. Who pulled her out? Little Tommy Stout. I didn't sing it with the melody, but the melody is um, the same as Three Blind Mice, if, if that helps, kind of, you hear it in your head. The first version appearing that saves the cat, because the cat doesn't really suffer a good fate in a lot of the different versions, was written by our good friend James Orchard Halliwell in Nursery Rhymes for England in 1842. Poor cat, he's been dying for over 200 years before someone decided to save him. But in 1949, writer Jeffrey Hall in his new nursery rhymes for old, publish a more PG version for children. And it reads, Ding dong bell, pussies at the well, who took her there, little Johnny Hare? Who'll bring her in, little Tommy Thin? What a jolly boy was that to get some milk for pussycats, who never did any harm but played with the nice in his father's barn. An audio version that I'll play later actually appears uses some of the similar lyrics, and it was actually published in 1938, so before Jeffrey Hall's 1949, although I think in the audio version, the cat does not suffer a good fate, but I'll, we'll talk about that later. But when we circle back to the lyrics or the words of this nursery rhyme, so in the latest version, you know, I use the word Johnny Hare and Tommy Thin, scholars have wondered about the central characters of the rhyme, and I've talked about before how in nursery rhymes, there are, like, common names that appear or common characters that create kind of a narration. So Jack or Mary, Jill, and names like that come up frequently. And I've even talked a little bit about how certain names mean other things in old in older English. So Jack Spratt was a name for something else. You can go ahead and listen to that in another episode. Or when I was talking about pulling a plum, you know, a, a Jack was a thief or someone who, you know, might get up to no good. So these names appear again and again, and it's probably a little to wonder why, if these were orally passed down, you want names that are common and names that are easily associated with other things. So in the history of Ding Dong Dell, Opie's talk about Johnny and Tommy, and apparently Johnny Green, who appears in the nursery rhyme, was an antagonist in other rhymes. So apparently it was this like mean little boy who did really nasty things and disappointed his parents and put cats in wells. And Tommy Thin, or Olin, depending on what versions you read, was a protagonist. He often saved characters, often did good things. So if you're reading older nursery rhymes, look for names like Johnny and Tommy and see if they're protagonists, or good guys, or main characters, or antagonists, or or bad guys, doing malevolent things. But now let's go ahead and listen to some audio versions of Ding Dong Dell. Here was really neat. We can actually know what Ding Dong Dell or Bell sounded like in 1609. I've certainly talked about surviving sheet music, and I've, you know, posted quite a few on my blog if you want to take a look at that, especially from the mid to late 17th century. 
Dancing Masters comes to mind. But I think this is the oldest version I can share in audio. And unfortunately, I'm not like very competent in like computer audio. So I can't read sheet music or I haven't really figured out a way to take really old sheet music and convert it into like a MIDI or MP3. I really wish to learn that skill. But anyway, I did find a MIDI version of Ravenscroft's 1609 version of Ding Dong Dell that appeared in Music's Miscellanea. So here's the MIDI version. So something that you can picture singing in a round or a catch at church of Ding Dong Dell. So here you go. neat right it's so crazy to think about what we're listening to now was the same music or the same melody or rhyme that people were singing to in 1609 shakespeare was alive isn't that crazy i just love it i love it i love researching this the second version i'm going to play for you is from 1938 and it is on a record called uncle mac's nursery rhymes part two by uncle mac who is Derek mcleod Stuart Robertson, Dorothy Heimrich, and is from the Children's Chorus in Orchestra. Now, this version uses kind of a mix of the modern lyrics and the old-fashioned lyrics. And again, I've talked a little bit about how I really like these early 20th century recordings, just because I, well, for a number of reasons, but one of the reasons is I really like the sound effects they include. And so here's the 1938 version of Ding Dong Dell. You remember Pussy in the Well? Well, I've got a theory about the end of that rhyme. I believe Pussy got out safely after all. I thought that, true to tradition, you had nine lives and lived to see another day. Now that's enough now. You can't have any more room on this record. Pretty neat, right? So I'm not going to play this version now, but for the outro, I found someone who took the nursery rhyme Ding Dong Dell or Ding Dong Bell and made it into a more upbeat dancing, singing kind of, or dancing version and it is called Ding Dong Dell by Greta Og Ulrich Newman and I just thought it was really really fun unfortunately it doesn't like fit in with the whole nursery rhyme thing so I I thought I'd play it for the outro but I wanted to include it anyway because as I've talked about previously 
I really like when people take nursery rhymes and appropriate it to what is modern, like what the modern culture is, kind of what the modern music scene is. And so I just thought this was a really fun version. This is from the early 20th century. And again, I could just picture people dancing to this in dance halls. So again, that is the, the outro that I'll share later. But I do want to talk a little bit about kind of the miscellaneous things I found out about Ding Dong Bell. When I was researching, I found uh, a number of stylized and illustrated sheet music for this nursery rhyme, as is kind of common for nursery rhymes. But one particular book I found is called Canada's Songbook for Middle School and Singing Clubs, Arranged for Two-Part Singing, and it was published in 1925. I'm actually going to link it on the blog or actually upload the whole PDF on my blog because it is in the public domain. But I am a sucker for old school books like this, like advertisements or curriculum booklets, because obviously before the time of the internet, these things were published, right? Books of sheet music, books of curriculum instruction. And I really love early 20th century or even older instruction booklets with nursery rhymes in it, because it usually contains annotations. It usually contains notes from teachers or principals or whoever's part of the school curriculum that kind of adds a little bit flavor of what the current kind of mindset was behind those nursery rhymes. And so I really like to look at them. A friend actually got one from 1900 in an estate sale. So a friend for my birthday actually found one called Songs for Home and School. It was copyright 1903. And again, I'm from the Cleveland, Ohio area. So when she brought this for my birthday, it was seriously one of the coolest um, things I've ever seen. And when you look at these songbooks, I know I'm going on topic, but I did want to bring this up. When you look at these songbooks, I love them. They include old advertisements, like go down and dig up 10 cents and send it for a Rochester book collection. It includes kind of annotations for some of these older songs, it includes obviously the sheet music, and it often includes things like, things like you would never see in a school advertisement now, but things that would definitely were common sense or things to be used at home. So there's an advertisement for like a wire fence. So again, this is 1903. So when we think about it, we think about the type of school children in America, rural America, rural Ohio, we're going to have advertisements for things like lamb wire fencing or f feed grain. There is a malleable range advertisement for women. And I love it because there's a picture of a woman in actually slacks and a shirt. And she's holding a sledgehammer, like as if she's going to town or on an old range. It's actually, you know, it, it talks things about that. And it just includes just such awesome advertisements and cheap music. I'm not even joking. There's a song called Tramp, Tramp, Tramp. And... The lyrics are, in the prison cell, I sit thinking mother dear of you. And there's like an advertisement on the opposite page about furniture. And it's just weird stuff like this that you're not going to see in modern books. And I love it so much. So anyway, to get back on track, I found one of these books called Canada Songbook. And I am going to put it on the blog. So please check a look at it. If this is something, if you're like an antique dealer or go to estate sales and you find these let me know. I totally want to start collecting them. They're so great. I just love looking through them. So anyway, to sidetrack, this was from 1925. I'm going to post it on the blog. The other thing I really want to comment on really quickly is Ding Dong Dell when I was researching it. I completely forgot. It's a fictional town in a beautiful video game called Ninu Kuni. And it's uh, very, I don't know if it's from Studio Ghibli, the artist, but it has very much that same art vibe. And it's 
absolutely gorgeous. And there are a lot of nursery rhyme references in this game. So the main town is actually called Ding Dong Dell. So I, I also did want to mention that in case I have avid other video gamers out there. I'm a huge gamer myself and uh, thought this and then they're screaming in their head the whole time. Why didn't she mention this? So that's just something kind of silly I wanted to reference. I had a hard time finding illustrations for this. I'm not sure why. I've like seen it before, but I did find a few illustrations, one of which, well, a number of which I'm going to mention on the blog. But the first image is by Margaret Tarrant in 1915, and the second is by Henrietta Wilbick in 1911. So early 20th century depictions of Ding Dong Dell. Again, I love the illustrations for a number of reasons, but one of the reasons particularly is that you can see the fashion of the time. And so in one of these images, there's a little girl with a little like bucket hat and I just want the hat so bad. That's just some fun things I wanted to mention that kind of go along with this nursery rhyme just because I had some of the time to talk about it. So what have we learned about, quote, the oldest English nursery rhyme? Well, first of all, it's a load of bunk that it's the oldest English nursery rhyme, and I'll argue this till my dying breath. We do know it's old. It does have a Rald folk song index number of 12,853. People claim that it's the oldest one probably because it's one of the ones that we can trace back to its definitive roots in 1580 written by a man named John Lant, who was an organist in the cathedral, who wrote the lyrics, Jack boy, ho boy news, the cat is in the well, let us ring now for her knell, ding dong, ding dong bell, as a round that you would sing in church. We know this is the time of Shakespeare, and in fact, this nursery rhyme appeared in two Shakespeare plays, including The Tempest and The Merchant of Venice. We have talked about Thomas Ravenscroft in his version in 1609, appearing in Pamela Music's Miscellany, and I actually got to share an audio clip of what that would have sounded like in the early 17th century, which I thought was quite cool. We talked about composer William Stonard in 1585 and 1630, who had his own version and the most modern or canonical version appearing in Mother Goose's Melody in around 1765. And we talked about the famous James Orchard Halliwell, very well known in folklore circles, in his version in Nursery Rhymes of England in 1842, as well as a more PG version that was written in 1949 by Geoffrey Hall. I included two audio clips or two audio versions of this. I included a version, a, a MIDI version of Ravenscroft work, as well as a 1938 version from a children's choir. And my outro song is just a little bit extra. And I talked a little bit about miscellanea of this nursery rhyme and other nursery rhyme, including my fascination with early 20th century songbooks for schools, as well as this appearing in a video game, an adorable video game called Ninu Kuni. So that's this week's version of a Tisket Tasket podcast. I've been meaning to cover this nursery rhyme a lot because more, th more often than not, when I start to delve into the research of nursery rhymes, I see all sorts of claims that this is the oldest English nursery rhyme, and it has become such a pet peeve for me over the weeks of me researching. So I really hope you learned something today. It was really fun to research. I had a really great time going through illustrations and going through some of the fun history and seeing all these different versions about cats and wells and listening about the morality of it, and I hope you found it enjoyable. But tune in next week where I will find another nursery rhyme to talk about and to delve into and look at its history. And I will continue to talk about the weirdness of nursery rhymes.
Come on, the heading on. 